Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagless behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-949 for one hour from now. Trey Wingo joins the show. We're doing a weekly spot with Trey Wingo. Excited to talk some football with him, including the Robert Quintra. We'll get back to the Phillies calls in a second here. Explicit history. Uh, see how well you guys remember the biggest moments of this postseason so far. And hope or belief that the Phillies actually pull this off. But the Eagles traded for Robert Quinn today. I mean, this is an outstanding move by Howie Roseman. Quinn for a fourth-round pick, which obviously is going to be later in the fourth round as the, Phillies, as the Eagles continue to move along towards potentially a number one seed in the NFC. So there's been a lot of rumors out there, a lot of talk about the Eagles making a trade, you know. And and I saw Kareem Hunt today. We uh, WIP. We uh, I think it was Elliot wrote about the idea of trading for Kareem Hunt. I, I would trade for Kareem Hunt. I think the Eagles could use another back in the backfield just to have over the course of the season. But when I saw Elliot's post today and, and saw the chatter about Kareem Hunt, my thought was they need a pass rusher more than they need a running back. The Eagles haven't, you know, they have enough to to move the chains in terms of the running game. Jalen Hurts is a great short yardage runner. Excellent year by Miles Sanders so far. Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. I even think there's something there with Trey Sermon. Like, I'm not as desperate for a running back as I felt I was, you know, back in August. They needed a pass rusher. You know, depth at that position is so crucial. And they lost Eric Barnett. No one really cared about that when it happened. But the, the Eagles would, would would have been, before this uh, this trade for Derek Barnett, before the trade for Robert Quinn, excuse me, one more injury in that group away from being pretty thin now, whatever happens, you're good. Like they, they are deep there. Now, Robert Quinn's not having a great year. One sack, pressure rate's way down from last year when he had 18 and a half sacks. But I think he's going to play well here. Robert Quinn is a guy at his age now I think is way better suited for a rotation rather than playing almost every down, which he was in, in Chicago. He was getting double-teamed a lot because they don't have much around him on that defensive line. He will not get double-teamed here. I love it. And if they get nicked up there, if they have an injury to Reddick, if they have an injury... To Josh Sweat, I like the idea of him coming in and and and, and wreaking some havoc. Robert Quinn is, I mean, again, he has won over 100 career sacks. This is a great move. It reminds me of when the Eagles traded for Jay Ajayi in 2017. Did they need Jay Ajayi the minute they made the trade? No, they probably didn't. They had LeGarrette Blunt running the football well. They had Corey Clement coming on. They didn't really need to make that trade. But they had lost Darren Sproles early that season and you kind of felt as the year went on, maybe one more back they could use just to keep everybody fresh. Well, now they could do that. They keep everybody fresh because they have one more significant pass rusher. 
I'm on board. Tucker, what do you think? The Robert Quinn trade for a fourth rounder. I mean, this feels like Howie Roseman sensing they've got a chance to go win the Super Bowl. Let's get another pass rusher in here. I mean, it's a lot better value than when he traded a fourth rounder for Jannard Avery, isn't it? Well, that's true. So that that's something to, to certainly hang your hat on. But, I mean, Robert Quinn, I think, has six or seven double-digit sack seasons in the NFL. He had 18 and a half a year ago. He had 19 earlier in his career when he was with St. Louis. I mean, he's a guy who knows how to get after the passer. He only has one sack this year and, I think, three quarterback hits. But he's also in a new defensive scheme with Matt Eberflus and that new defensive coaching staff. I think if he gets here and Jonathan Gannon can figure out how to put him in situations where he can get after the passer, he could be a huge help to this team. I mean, the, the loss of Derek Barnett, it hasn't necessarily been a, a, a big issue because they've still been able to get after the quarterback, but those snaps are there. Like there, There's more than enough opportunity for Robert Quinn to make an impact on this defense right now. Yeah, what to watch for, sponsored by Xfinity. Xfinity, the faster net in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity Lounge will be watching to see how quickly they get Robert Quinn up to speed here. Now, it's Wednesday. He was traded for today. I wonder if we see him activated on Sunday, or does this take until Thursday, next Thursday when they're in Houston against the Texans? I'm not sure how quickly uh, we'll see Quinn in an Eagles uniform. I'm trying to remember what Jai, when he suited up. Was he hurt when they got him? I'm trying to remember because he had a little hamstring thing when he got here. I'm not sure if that happened when he got here. Now, it's also, I think there's a lot of similarities with that trade. Remember, Ajayi was not playing very well in, in Miami. I, I, I think if we look back, his yards per carry in Miami, he, he, got, he played way better here. Yeah, he had eight carries his first game here. So okay, he only, he only played 17 snaps, but he had eight carries. Okay, so they got him. What was that like against the Broncos or the Niners? One of those games. The Broncos. Broncos. He had eight carries on 17 snaps against the Broncos, then seven carries on 13 snaps against the Cowboys the next week. And he had a big run against the Cowboys, like yeah, 60. He had seven for 91 that game. Um, but if I remember right, Ajayi wasn't playing very well in Miami. Like he was not getting a lot of snaps. He was not running well. He was sort of yards. Yes. Two last two games in Miami had 26 carries for 74 yards. Yeah, he wasn't doing much, and then he came here and he got behind a better offensive line, and boom, he took off, and he, and he was a big part of of why the Eagles won that Super Bowl. I I think Quinn can have a big impact, you know, considering what they traded, what, what how they're going to use him situationally. I it would sh- not shock me at all if we're fast forwarding to January whatever 22nd, and they're playing the Vikings here, or they're playing you know, whoever, in the playoffs here in Philadelphia, and it's a big strip sack or a big sack on third down by Robert Quinn. I'm a big fan of the move. Let's talk to Matt in Wilmington, some Phillies belief talk. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, Matt. What are you thinking tonight? I am firmly, 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 firmly in the believe category on this. And in particular, I just want to mention, we've, we've talked about Bryce Harper, and there's so much to be said about Bryce. And I think he's the spine of this offense and in so many ways a big part of the heart of this team. But I, I think if he doesn't hit that homer uh, against the Padres to send him to the World Series, I think we're talking about Reese Hoskins potentially being the MVP of the NLCS. Um, he had just been outstanding. One of the best performances in the NLCS by a first or in, in the championship series by a first baseman since like Jim Tomey in 98. Like, really just outstanding offensive performance. I, I don't think enough can be said about how much he means to this team. Um, of course, he's a flawed player, but I've just been so impressed with his ability to rise to the occasion this offseason. Matt, how about this stat? I saw this yesterday. So the only first baseman to ever hit five home runs in a seven-game span during the playoffs. This is ever. is So here, there's four of them. Hoskins right now, 
Albert Pujols in 04, Jim Tomey in 98, which is what you were citing, and Bob Robertson in 1971. Like, that's yeah, that's just, pretty amazing company. Unbelievable. And and it's not just the fact that he was putting those home runs up. It's the, the fact that he was putting them up in extremely crucial times. The, the two home run night he had against the Padres at home, um, you don't win that game. Obviously, you don't win that game uh, without him there. But the fact that he not only set the tone after going down four runs in the first inning by coming back and immediately cutting that lead in half. Um, but then when Soto kind of takes the win from the sails with that two-run home run, immediately strikes back next inning. And that's just – that kind of momentum can't be manufactured. It needs to be done in that moment. It's just – it's so impressive. Yeah, it's it's amazing how Reese Hoskins is the same player he, he is during the season, which is flawed, but when he gets hot – he, he's hot, right? Like, he's on one of those hot streaks right now. We've yeah. seen it for five years now. When he gets hot, he gets really hot. Matt, you ready for Explicit History? Absolutely. All right, Tucker. Oh, and the last one was Edmundo Sosa. I can't believe that was missed. Yes, you're right. It was Sosa. All right, let's give Matt one here. It seems like he's on top of his game. Line to right. That's going to be a base hit headed for the corner. Marsh is in to score. around first. He's headed for second, and the Phillies strike first. What an at-bat for Matt, who was that? That was Bryson Stott. Matt, you got it. It was game three against the Braves. Matt, appreciate it. Right before the Hoskins uh, home run that inning against Strider. That at-bat was as good of an at-bat as, as you'll see of any young player. I've, it, I'm at the point now where I forget Bryson Stott as a rookie. I mean, it also feels like the season has been going on for a long time. Like, I... It's tough to remember what was going on around here in April with this team, considering we're almost in November. But... Bryson Stott does not play like a rookie. He does not carry himself like a rookie. He doesn't approach an at-bat like a rookie. He plays like a veteran out there. I mean, he's not hes not a great player yet. We'll see how good he becomes. But he does not carry himself or, or get up to the plate like a rookie ever. No, and he's having the most impactful 200 batting average postseason. Yeah. I mean, he, he right now, he has six hits and four of them are doubles. And he's gone the other other way a lot. Like he's fought off pitches. That at bat, I think that at bat against Strider. You know, we'll take some credit, like the crowd there, but that really is what took it out of Strider. I mean, he he was yeah, he was the first two innings. He looked good. He was popping 97, 98 in the mid, and then uh, I think his velocity when by the time Hoskins hit the home run off him, it dipped to like ninety four. He was he was cooked. Yeah, I mean, if you want to compare the Hoskins home run to Shane Victorino's grand slam, that at bat by Bryson Stott. It's Brett Myers' walk. Yeah, it's it's a, it is. It was, and that was a an amazing at bat. Jim is in Phoenix. I have a feeling Jim believes here. What's up, Jim? Yeah, you got that right, Joe. I definitely am a believer. We talked about the prediction last night in seven, so you know kind of where I stand there. But uh, you know, I think what's going to be really interesting is is how we control their left handed hitters. Um, I think going after uh, Alvarez and Tucker is going to be extremely important for our horses, for, you know, for Wheeler and for Noah, because um, you know that Altuve will probably get on base every once in a while or Bregman. And so how we control them and keep them from knocking in important runs, I think is going to go a long way in helping us try to win this thing. Yeah, it is, Jim. And and really the Phillies, I'm I'm interested to see, Jim, how they handle it bullpen-wise, you know, who they use there, because Brad Hand has been pretty poor. I mean, he's been the guy they've used kind of as that first run 
against the lefties before that, you know, they're kind of saving Alvarado for later in the game, seventh, eighth, ninth, wherever they want to use him. If, you know, if they have to go to a reliever in the fifth or sixth, you know, let's say the Suarez game or game four against, the, you know, does Hans still get that assignment or do they try a guy like Brogdon with the changeup against lefties? I'm, I'm interested in see how they play that. Does Hand make the roster? I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. They named the uh, umpiring crew, Joe. Who is it? Who's the crew? Okay, so we've got we've got pretty much five home home umpires and two visiting umpires uh, as far as how they uh, kind of officiated the game behind the plate this year. So Jordan Baker and um, jo- Jordan Baker and who's the other one? Let's see. So Jordan it's uh, Baker is a way guy. Well, then we got James Hoy as a home guy. Right. Alan Porter's a home guy. Lance Barksdale is a home guy. Uh, Trip Gibson is kind of a home guy. He's kind of an even guy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other guy besides Jordan Baker. Here. So it's Iasonia, uh, Hoy, Gibson, Baker, yeah. Lance Barksdale, Alan Porter? Yeah, it's Pat, it's Pat Hoberg. Pat Hoberg, yep. Yeah, P- Pat Hoberg. So those are the two that really slant toward the visiting uh, team, and then the other five are pretty much toward the home team. So you'll kind of keep an eye out on that. Uh, Wheeler needs to pitch up in the zone, you know, obviously be effective. And Jordan Baker's a real tall umpire, so that would be a favorable matchup for him. But not as good for Nola, who, who really is more effective down in the zone. So just something to kind of keep an eye on. It'll be fun anyway. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. So they, there's a uh, website that's umpire scorecards. So Ho- uh, Hoberg and Gibson ranked number one and three in accuracy behind home plate. So those guys are pretty good. The only two guys on the crew that were outside the top 30 were Iasonia and Hoy. So, and they've got one and three. So we'll see how. Yeah, Iasonia is a huge home umpire. I mean, he, he gives a lot. And, and Iasonia is so inconsistent. He, he goes east and west off the corner. He, he, he calls some unbelievable strikes that don't even go over the plate. So he could be quite a wild card to watch for him whatever game he gets. Uh, yeah, he'll be at first base for game one. So it's James Hoy for game one behind home plate. So that's what we have. I think so we're game, get him for game three then. Uh, I think Iasonia's game three behind home plate. Wow. Yep. Holy cow. Well, that's an advantage to us. It'll be big for Ranger. I like that. Jim, you ready for explicit <laughs> history? Yeah, I'll take a shot. At All right, sure. Here go we ahead, go. Though. I think Jim's going to nail this. And the one-two pitch to Olsen. Swung on a ground ball. Off the glove of the first into shallow right field. Acuna is going to score. The Braves strike first. They take a one-nothing lead here in the sixth inning. A playable ball on the backhand for But he went to the grounds, and he couldn't corral it. Who's the player bleeped out, Jim? Yeah, he goes to the ground too much, but he, he sure helped us with his bat in this uh, NL Championship Series. It's Reese Hoskins. You got it, Jim. Yes, yes. One of the rare tough nights of this postseason. I wonder if this is a, of all the World Series. Now, I mean, obviously, you go back to before they had you know, the wild card rounds. But let's say since the wild card era started in 95, I wonder if this is the least combined losses heading into the World Series with the two teams, right? The, the Astros were undefeated. That, that's pretty rare. And the Phillies have only lost two games. I feel like it's, With an extra round built in on that. Yeah, I feel like it has to be up there. I mean, we've had these undefeated teams. The 14 um, Royals did this, you know, didn't lose a game before the World Series. You go back to the pre-wildcard era, the, uh, the 76 Reds were the only team to go undefeated throughout, which the Astros uh, obviously have a chance to do, but the Phillies are in their way now. I... I'd have to imagine this is up there, right? I mean, think about you know. Definitely has to be the most wins. 
Well, that's true. You have you have to win more games now. It's an extra round here involved. Well, the Astros didn't have to win more games, right? They just had to win the normal amount, three and four. Right. They got Philly's a buy. Got two extra. Philly's got the two extra there. Yeah, so it would be the most wins. So combined, what are these teams, 16-2 and two in the postseason? And the team who last beat the Houston Astros? That'd be the Phillies. Led by Aaron Ole on the mound. It is crazy. I keep seeing uh, people talking about the, uh, the Phillies are the hottest team, the hot team coming in, and they are, right? There's nothing wrong with saying that. The Astros haven't lost a play. Astros haven't lost in a month. <laughs> They're both pretty hot going in. Joe is in Malvern. Hey, Joe. Hey, how are you? Great show as usual. Thank you, Joe. What's up? I am uh, definitely thinking that the Philadelphia Phillies take the World Series. So do you hope or believe they're going to do it? I believe they're going to do it, and it's come clean night for me. Okay. Because um, I said that they would, they should never get rid of Girardi, and they would never be here with Girardi, so I'm coming clean. You know what? I, th- I think it's important before they play their biggest games that we come clean as fans, right? Then you can get it off your chest, and then you feel good about things. Good, because I was going to ask you, I want you to play GM, because I think you should come clean on this fact. Mm-hmm. You made a statement about Real Muto and Hoskins. Without either one of them, we wouldn't be here. Do you agree about that? I do agree with you, yes. Um, you think they should be back next year? Well, obviously, Real Muto should. I mean, he he reestablished himself by the middle of the season, and he had a great second half. So, yes, of course, he should be. As far so as you came clean, you came clean about Real Muto. How about Hoskins? Because we're not here without him either. He's done a good job, and his bat has been hot. I still am not sure long term if he should be here. I'm, and it's not because of him. Like I think we we know what he is, right? He's a, he's a he's an above average offensive player. He's got great power. I just don't know long-term if he fits the roster. They have so many DHs, Joe. I mean, that, that's, that's my issue with him more than, you know, more than the player he is. I just I, The roster moving forward, I'm not sure if he's going to be here long-term. Well, listen, everybody has their own point of view there. I think they should keep him, but, you know, um, I'm just happy that, um, that we were uh, able to conquer, and I think we're going to conquer all the way. So tonight, Joe, it was a positive call. Coming at you, buddy. I like it, Joe. I like it. All right, Joe, let's play Explicit History. We play you a highlight. You tell us the name bleeped out. You ready? Okay. All right, let's do it. Morton kicks the pitch. Swung on, hit high in the air, right field deep. Acuna back, track, wall, gone! With a three-run home run to right field. And the Georgia native... Gives the Phillies a 3-0 lead here in the bottom of the second. Joe, who hit that home run? Uh, I was going to say the shortstop, but um, that's all I can think of is the shortstop. No, Joe, good guess. It was another guy hitting at the bottom of the order, a guy that I mentioned last night. A guy who I don't think has a hit since that home run. Ah, but he's 150-1 to to win the World Series MVP. I think he's a good long shot. Um, all right, let's um, let's hit this quickly. We do have a Sixers game coming up. Wanted to hit Trust the Pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit PGWorks.com for details. Sixers tonight in Toronto against the Raptors. Uh, I have to – I'll be honest. I, I don't feel good about the Sixers, the way they're playing right now. I, I mean – they know they won the other night. Great. Uh, but they got off to a really tough start so far this season. 
the Embiid situation with the plantar fasciitis that we didn't know about. I mean, it would have been nice for someone to to get that information. Doesn't it come up as an excuse if you do it after the fact? Yes. And it's not hard to, to get that information out there. I mean, what do they have to lose? It actually gives a soft landing like, oh, it's unfortunate he's banged up again. But all right, we understand why he's out of shape, why he's not going to play his best out of the gate. So Embiid, I don't know what they're getting night to night until he works himself back into shape. Harden has actually been probably their most consistent performer so far. I, I think James Harden is, is playing better than he was uh, for the most part last year. I, I've been okay with Harden so far. The one guy I, I'm a little bit, not di- not down, but I just am waiting to see if it manifests. I mean, it's been a lot of hype for, for Tyrese Max this offseason, a lot. It's like, you know, he's become this untouchable star in Philadelphia, and I like Tyrese Maxey. I think he's a really good player. I'm excited he's going to be a sixer for the foreseeable future. I'd like a little more consistency. Did he have a game of under 10 points already this season? Like, if you're an all-star in the NBA, and I think a lot of people out there think he could become an all-star this season, you don't have games of under 10 points. I mean, it's just, you don't do that. I mean, especially if you're a scoring player. I don't mean like Draymond Green when he was an all-star. I mean, if you're a guy that makes your living scoring and being an offense player, which Tyrese Maxey can and should be, um, he's got to be better than that. And, and I hope they try to get him more involved in the offense. Sometimes I think he's too passive still as the young player in this group. You know, there's Harden, a former MVP, and beat an MVP candidate. I think he he kind of backs off and says, well, I'll, I'll score when you guys say. No, nah, he's got to be assertive. He, he's got that kind of ability to get to the basket when he wants. I need, I need him to be more assertive. Tonight, the Sixers in Toronto against the Raptors. What are we looking at here as far as a spread on this game over at FanDuel Sportsbook? The Sixers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I would be cautious backing them tonight as favorites. Uh, you know, the Raptors with all those versatile players, including Siakam. Raptors always play them tough, including playing Embiid tough. Hopefully the Sixers can step up and play their best game so far this season. Trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW energy for all of us. Visit PG, uh, pgworks.com for details. 215-592-9494. Get your board. Hope or belief. Where are you right now? We're just about. 48 hours away from first pitch uh, with the Phillies and Astros game one of the World Series. Where are you? Hope they're going to win this series. That's where I lie. I really have real hope they can and will win this series. Or do you believe, deep down, do you believe they're going to win it? That's where Tucker is. He believes they're going to win this thing in five. Close the Astros out in Philadelphia. Where do you lie? Hope or belief will play some explicit history. 215-592-9494. When we get back, I I think you already know. We'll let you hear it. Larry Boa. His prediction, does he hope or does Larry Boa believe? You hear from Larry Boa coming up next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Sign up, promo code Gilio. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line of point spreads to player props and live betting. I have done this during the NFC title game last year. Took the Rams getting plus money in that fourth quarter. You get updated odds on games already started. If you find a trend you like, jump on it all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I love the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. Sign up today. Promo code Gilio for your no sweat first bet. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make everyone more of the season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bag was behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you get aboard. Coming up 8 o'clock, we will talk to Trey Wingo who will be joining us every week during the season to talk some NFL, some Eagles, and we'll get into the Robert Quinn trade with Trey, what he thought of it, the price, a fourth-round pick. I think it's a it's a pretty fair price. I mean, the, that's that always seems to be Howie Roseman's wheelhouse. Like, they're in it. He's willing to go about a fourth-round pick for a player that could impact things. We saw it with uh, Jay Ajayi. We saw it with Jannard Avery. Now, that one didn't work out. We saw it with um, – uh, this one, Robert Quinn. I think did he give a third for Golden Tate? I think it was a third for Golden Tate. Now that that trade, that did not work out the way the Eagles thought. Though Golden Tate did catch a game-winning touchdown pass in a playoff game, and he had his his role here for the season did not work. But that was one big moment. But I like the trade, Robert Quinn, to the Eagles today for a fourth-round pick. We'll get into a trade window at eight o'clock. Chris Gordy's going to join us. He does radio down in Houston, seven ninety down in Houston, and he is um, on after the games and before the games with the Astros. He kind of does the final out, to, you know, leading off final out for the Astros down there. Some interest in his perspective coming up. A lot to do on the show here. Explicit history, your calls on hope or belief on the Phillies, but we got to hear from Larry Boa. Larry Boa, I heard this conversation he had with Dave Uram a little bit earlier today. Here's Larry Boa, his thoughts on the Phillies. Is he hope or believe? I think you know where, where Larry Boa is going. Here's what Larry had to say. I think it's going to go seven games, and I'm staying with my prediction all the way in spring training, even though there were bumps along the way. I said we're going to get in the World Series. If somebody would have said that in June, I said no, but I'm still picking us. Uh, I really believe that there's karma going on here. There's things that are happening where you look back and you go, man, it's meant to be. Like the ball hit up the middle the other night at our ballpark. It hits the bag. Just little things like that. So I'm going to stick with my uh, prediction. I don't want it to go seven. Because I don't want that means you have to go back to Houston, but I got to give credit to Houston. They got a good team, but I'm going to give credit to our team because we have fought this whole way. I'm going to say the Phillies in seven. There we go. There, there's there. I expected nothing less out of Larry Boa. I mean, if there's there's only one thing I would slightly disagree with him on, he called the Astros a good team. I think they're a little better than a good team. Like they're 
they're they're really good. I mean, you greatness. They probably have to win a World Series to be considered great. I mean, 106 wins is nothing to sneeze at. They won 106 games. If it wasn't for the Dodgers this year, the Astros would have been a story. They kind of were. I think everyone's just kind of bored with the Astros now. First of all, no one likes them. Second, everyone's just kind of bored. They win about 100 games every year anyway. But I mean, they've been to four World Series now in the last six years. I mean, this is it's. It's as good of a run, I think, probably since those Yankees teams in the late 90s. I mean, who goes to four World Series in six years? The Dodgers win 100 games every year. They don't go to the World Series every year. It's pretty remarkable that they've been this many times to the World Series. And they've been to the ALCS all six years, yeah. haven't they? Yep. Yeah, they've won their first-round playoff matchup every single season, which is incredibly impressive. But I did go back and look, as Larry Bowen mentions in that that little piece, that he mentioned it back in March. He did. He I said, know. It wouldn't shock me if the Phillies made the Super Bowl or World, World Series. Series. That would shock me. Yeah, if the if Phillies they made the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't. In the World Series, not shocking to Larry Boa. No, I, I remember when he, I remember when we played it on the show because I, I thought the Phillies were getting a little overhyped in spring training. And look, they ended up in the World Series, so maybe they weren't. But I just thought in terms of how many games they were going to win, the division. I mean, the one thing, and I was wrong about a lot on the Phillies this year. I didn't think they were as good as they turned out to be. Their high end, I, I was, I was wrong on. But they, they had a regular season kind of like I thought they would. Eighty, I think I said 86 wins, they won 87. I didn't think this was a great team in the regular season, but they're a high end. They've shown it's it's good. It's it's excellent. They're in the World Series. They just knocked off the Padres in five and and the Braves at four. 215-592-9494. Cashmere in Pottstown is up on WFP. Hey, Cashmere. What's going on, Joe? Do you have me? Yes, Cashmere. What's up? All right, got you. So, uh, Joe, I got to admit, um, I'm in actually, I'm, I have to say I've been going back and forth between this. I'm in the belief camp, Joe. I really am. I'm in the belief camp. I think they're going to win this. I mean, I just, I think it's, I don't know how, I don't know why. I just have this feeling that this team is just like a team of destiny. Again, I don't know how, I don't know why, but it's just, you look at all the things that have happened this postseason. And I'll give you something else. So a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, is a big Braves fan. She follows the Braves like you and I follow the Phillies. Right. And we were watching the game together, and it was after the Hoskins home run. We watched game three, and she goes, you guys are going to win the World Series. I said, wait, what? She goes, yes, you're going to win the World Series. I said, well, how do you say that? She goes, you guys look like what we did last year. And she's a Braves fan. She goes, you guys, you guys are playing that exact same way. She goes, you guys are a carbon copy of them. Uh, you're going to win the World Series. I, and she goes, look at all the bricks you're getting. You're, you're going to win the World Series. And Houston, let's be I mean, they have, as well as they played in the postseason, Joe, they've not really played that well in the World Series since 2017. Well, they haven't. I mean, Cashmere, that, that, that's a fair point. I mean, and they've gotten beat by, it's funny, two NL East teams, right, the last two yeah. times. It was the Braves last year, and in 2019 it was the Nationals. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? And both those teams, you could, you could arguably say, both those teams are kind of compared to the Phillies in, in, you know, in, some, you know, in, some, in some weird way. Like, we compare them to 2019 Nationals, but I kind of compare them maybe to the, 20, the 2021 Braves in some way. I mean, am I crazy for thinking that this team kind of looks like those teams in a way? Uh, you're not, especially the um, the. I really think there's a, a comparison, Cashman, to that 2019 Nationals team. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. 
you know, that team started off similar to the Phillies in terms of record, right? In the middle of May, they were like 10, 11 games under 500. They got hot. They were 19 and 31. Yeah, so 12 games under. Very, yeah. very similar, right? 21 and 29, 19 and 31. It's, it's you know, pretty much yep. the same thing. And then their bullpen was really bad. And then over they were really bad, yeah. And they fixed it. Like, they, 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 they kind of figured it out. And by the time they got to the playoffs, they rode good starters, which uh, Scherzer and, and Strasburg, and then along with a better bullpen, and they just beat them, and they had they had a couple of really hot hitters, Cashbury, including that you know Soto at that point, Soto, and then yep. and the Phillies have Bryce, yeah, oh Kendrick, he, Kendrick, Kendrick was amazing in that postseason. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I watched the, so I watched the Astros, and now one thing that just scares me, Joe, is that I cannot get passes. So I watched the ALCS very because obviously. I felt as you did. I felt as you did that the Phillies were going to beat the Padres. I picked them to beat the Padres. When they when they beat the Braves, I was shocked. I was taken aback. I didn't think we stood a chance against the Atlanta Braves. Once we beat them, I said, we'll beat the Padres. We'll beat the Padres. I am, And I felt like, hey, they just knocked the Dodgers. I was like, wow, they beat the Dodgers? We were able to play the Dodgers? <laughs> play the Padres? No problem. Now, what I don't like, what I can't get is, we're still not playing good defense. And now, like what I said, Joe, is this Astros team, Joe, I watched them play against the Yankees in the ALCS. I'm sure you watched those games, too. They capitalized on every yeah. single little mistake that the Yankees made. They capitalized on every one of them. Joe, it, and, and, and game three was game three of the NLCS against the Padres at home was one of the more ugliest wins that I saw the Phillies have this whole year. Am I wrong for saying that? No, you're not. I mean, that you're you're right about that. Yes, and yeah. and Cashmere, what you're saying about the Astros is spot on. They they're they, gonna take if, they, they sent it's like sharks with blood in the water. They just take advantage. Exactly. If they make two or three errors in one game against the Astros, Joe, they will not just lose. They will get spanked. They will not have a chance in the series if they give the Astros extra outs. They have to play good defense. They have to. You cannot. Give the Astros. You cannot walk them. You cannot give them extra outs. They will come back and bite you. They will come back and get you. That's what this team is, and that's why they're so good. They have to play fundamental baseball, and it still scares me because, but I still, for some strange reason why, I still feel like this is just a team of destiny that people are going to be writing a storybook about. I think that Todd Blake might have to write a book about this. Oh, uh, the, the, the books have yeah, the books have already right started. They're, they're just some, they need that last chapter here. Cashmere, you ready to play explicit history? Absolutely, let's go. All right, let's see if Cashmere can nail this one. Two balls, two strikes. Suarez delivers, swing and a drive, left field. It's deep. It's going, yes! and it is gone. Yes! yes, it is Bedlam at the bank as has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? Cashmere, you know it. Who hit it? <laughs> oh, come on, Joe. You couldn't give me a little bit of a more easier one. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We all know it's the MVP. It's Bryce Harper. Come on. You know I get that yeah, one. Yeah, you got it. They, I, I think we, I think Tucker was just looking for an excuse to play the call. I mean, that's... I mean, it's been like two hours. That might be the longest anyone's gone on this station without playing it yet. Yeah, it's amazing. Every time I turn on WIP during the last couple of days, I've heard that call on every show, as we should. Yeah, I mean, that's been one of my favorite parts about this postseason run is going back and listening to Fransky and LA's calls after the game. 
I, I, I joked last night when Rob Cherry was in with us, who's been the MVP of the postseason, Bryce Harper or Scott Fransky? And I'm only half kidding. I mean, I, I think for as good as Harper's been, and he's been all-time good, th- these calls by Fransky, even the one that we played earlier when they, um, they beat the, um, the Cardinals – and they jubilant, running out of the du- jumping out of the dugout. Like that was a great call too. Scott's been on his game. Now, do you think he had bedlam at the bank tucked away for the last decade, or do you think that was a spontaneous thing? I don't know. I mean, I, it's a good line. It fits like the, alliter- the alliteration is there. But all right, say he did have it tucked away. When do you know how to? When do you know to use it? Because well, that's the genius of Scott Francis. Well, is you know when the the biggest moment is. Yeah, and I, I, if it, let's just say, let's pretend he did have it tucked away. He chose the right spot because I don't think you can wait for the World Series. You, he said it there, and I, uh, Joe Davis said it too. Bryce Harper may never hit a bigger home run. No, I mean that home run put the Phillies in the World Series, and no matter what happens after this, unless he hits another one in Game Seven of the World Series to win it for him. I don't know how you could top it. Yeah, I think it's worth risking that there'd be another bedlam at the bank. Like, that's probably the biggest moment that we're going to have with this playoff run with the Phillies. Matt is up on WIP. Hey, Matt. What's going on, Joe? What's up, Matt? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm a believer. I've Listen, I 162 games, I've watched every single one of them this year and pretty much every for the past five years. Uh, I don't miss the Phillies games that I got for DVR. Um. But, no, I'm absolutely a believer. So here's my thing. And and I called earlier yesterday before you started the who do you need to give, you know, whatever, retribution to. Yeah, kind of like who you were wrong about. Yeah. Yeah, so I called you a couple weeks back before we started the – I think it was before we started the series against the Cardinals, and I said that I can't put Sir Anthony on the roster. I remember that, Matt. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, I mean, I think that the the rain – it just grip on the ball in the last game, uh, but he's been he's been unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. It's Matt. It's um, amazing how he's found. I think it was that second game in St. Louis. Like he he kind of found himself again. It, it, like he looked dominant for the first time since before he got hurt, and he went on the IL in, in August. This this version of Sir Anthony, like I trust him against the best Astros hitters. He's been amazing. Uh, I agree. I agree. So here's my thing, Joe. Um, What's going to happen? It's so nice to be on this side of it because we were on the other side of it against the Cardinals, against the Giants. Right. Where, you know, but it's so nice to be on this side of it. Here's my question. What are the Astros going to do when they get punched in the face? Because the Phillies have responded ten times so far in this playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for, Matt, for the for the Astros, it really only happened once. They got they went down in the first game against the uh, the Mariners, and they came back and won on the Alvarez home run. But for the rest of these yeah. games, you know, they've you know they've kind of controlled most of these playoff games. Yeah. So, and the other thing I want to say too, real quick, you know, you talk about the the Astros and 106 wins. They play in arguably the worst division in Major League Baseball. The Angels and the Mar and the Rangers are horrible. I mean, the Mariners made the playoffs this year, but they weren't locked to make the playoffs. Right, and the A's, the A's were the A's were terrible too. Yeah, they, and the A's, yeah, and the A's. Yeah, so, they had they had one back. they had one good team and three bad teams in the division. That's sixty games, Joe. That's sixty games they play against those those teams. 
I mean, it's a Matt. It's a fair point. I, I'm going to look up uh, what you know what their record was versus those three bad teams compared to everybody else. But you're right. I mean, they got to pad their numbers against three awful teams. It, it's I mean, yeah. You're right and about we're, that. And we're in the best. And we're in the best division in baseball. Now there's and they're still better, but it's it's add some context. And Matt, I brought it up earlier. If you look at the record since since Thompson took over on June 2nd. I think the Astros, you know, the last four months of the regular season were eight games better. So they were better, but it wasn't like, you know, a, a ridiculous gap between the Astros and the Phillies. Yeah, look, just do me a favor. Just look up what their record is against the Rangers, the A's, and the Angels. Because they're, they're, they're just horrible teams. Well, you're right. They're bad, bad baseball teams. Matt, I'm going to look that up. And you ready to play some explicit history here, Matt? Yeah. All right, we'll give you a highlight of a Phillies postseason moment. You tell us the name bleeped out. Let's uh, let's give Matt one. Two and two, the count. Kicks the pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. And with as much emotion as we have ever seen from the lefty, pumps his fist as he comes off the mound. He strikes out Darno with the bases loaded and gets out of yet another jam. Matt, who's that? Who is that pitcher? Ranger. Yes, it was Ranger Suarez. I believe the third inning. I think it was the third inning. He danced out of bases load of trouble. Five batters in three innings. Yeah, it's usually a recipe for disaster, but he, uh, the Phillies somehow won that game. All right, I have the numbers here. The Astros against the Angels, the Rangers, and the A's this season. So if you add it together, they went 13-6 and six against the Angels. They actually lost seven games to the A's. That's Wow. Um, so they went against those two teams. That's twenty-five and thirteen, and then they went fourteen and five against the Rangers. So they went thirty-nine and eighteen against those three teams. So what is that? Twenty-one games over five hundred. They went forty games over five hundred. The rest of baseball. Yeah, they still were really good. Um, I'm looking here. I'm tra- I'm seeing how many teams they actually had losing. They had losing records against the Red Sox against the. Um, Braves against the Orioles. The the Marlins beat them two out of three. They struggled against the Marlins in one series, and that and the and the Blue Jays beat them four out of six. That's it. They had winning records against everybody else. I mean, look, they're a great team. They won 106 games. We could slice it and dice it any way we want. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Right? We could look for reasons that the Phillies are on par. I don't think the two teams as they are stacked up today. I don't think there's really a 19-game gap between them in terms of talent. But I, let's be fair. The Astros are better, right? That, that There's a reason why they won all those games. There's a reason why they're the favorite in the series. But it doesn't mean the Phillies can't win the series. It's, it's actually, it's funny. I saw this today. The last seven times that the a Philadelphia team has been in the, the final round, whether it be a Super Bowl, a World Series, an NBA final, a Stanley Cup final, the last seven times the Philadelphia team has been the underdog. We're used to this. I mean, when it comes to a championship round, we are absolutely used to them being underdogs, this city. So last seven times, 2022 Phillies, underdog against the Astros. 2017 Eagles, underdog against the Patriots. 2010 Flyers, underdog against the Blackhawks. 09 Phillies, underdog against the Yankees. 08 Phillies, underdog against the Rays. 04 Eagles, Patriots, you know, against the Patriots, and the 01 76ers against the Lakers. So every single time for the past seven times we've had a championship round that one of our teams has been in, it's been an underdog situation. The Phillies are underdogs, and, and I think they're fairly underdogs. Now, 
I do think if you're looking at the betting market, I do think they're a little bit, a little bit disrespected. So right now, if you look over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the Phillies are a plus 165. Astros are at a minus 190. If you kind of do the math on that, that gives the Phillies about a 38% chance to win the series. I think they deserve a better shot than that. I, I, I would say, as I sit here right now, if I was setting a betting market, betting odds, I, I think the Phillies have around a 45% chance, close to 50-50, to win this series. It feels a little disrespectful that they're – because you, you kind of play out minus 190. I think that gives the Astros like a 62% chance to win the series. Does that feel a little heavy? A little heavy. I think so. But I also think on paper, as we keep talking about the Astros – Yeah, they're good. It does make sense a little bit. They're pitching staff specifically. And, and the things that the Phillies do well are things that, quite honestly, you can't quantify right now. I mean, even when we talk about the Phillies' offense, their offense, if you look on paper – didn't perform better than the Astros this year. No. Astros is the second most home runs in baseball. Yeah, and if you look, I mean, it kind of correlates. So the MVP odds over at FanDuel. Bryce Harper's the favorite to win the MVP, which is kind of interesting because his team is the underdog. But the next five players in terms of MVP odds, they're all Astros. It was kind of the same against the the Padres. Right, it was Machado. Harper, I think, was plus 700, and then it was Machado, Cronenworth. Soto. Soto, those guys were all plus 1,000. Yeah, so it's Harper and him and Alvarez have the same odds, plus 650. But then it's it's Verlander, Tucker, not Tucker, Bagley, to Kyle Tucker. What do you do with that? You, you're us- I like Kyle Tucker. You're usually a fan of Tuckers. I do. I root for all the Tuckers. He's- Kyle Tucker, Cole Tucker, Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, he's PJ good. Tucker. This Tucker, Kyle, is probably the best of those guys. He is. He could hurt the Phillies. Is that gonna, are you going to root, root against Tucker? I might have to. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you do. Framber Valdez is eleven to one. Bregman is twelve to one for the MVP. Keith is in Buckham. Keith, did you just get tickets to the World Series, Keith? Joe, thanks for getting me on. I did, and let me tell anybody who's out there who got the um, the email. Just keep trying. It took me like almost forty minutes, and I got them at like six thirty, so not too long ago. So, uh, and the system just kept refreshing, refreshing, throwing over different tickets. And it was like, it just took patience, stick with it. The lottery's open yesterday and I'll all be gone. But it seemed like they were releasing lower price tickets and more expensive tickets. And I got seats in 130, section 132 tickets, uh, face value. So perfect. Well, you know that's I mean? all, Keith, that's, I mean, that feels like a steal considering the secondary market has exploded. The fact that you were able to have a chance to buy tickets at face value, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's listen, Joe. It's fantastic. Number one, number two. I'm I came to the U.S. in 1992, and this is my third World Series effort. Right? I was I had a ticket for Game Seven in '93. I was at the Holiday Inn, Game Six. Wasn't a good result, so I never got to Game Seven. I was able to be in '09, and now, like you know, almost 29 years later, here we are, and I can't believe that the Phillies are here again. And I think there's two things I want to say that are really contributing to this, right? Number one, it's chemistry. And I think this team has the chemistry that that 07 through 09, 2010 team had. Chemistry counts for a lot. Clearly, Topper has been the big part of that. But when you look at from Schwarber all the way through the lineup, the chemistry between these players means something. Second, I think, yeah, they've made mistakes. They've made mistakes on defense. They've even thrown pitches right over the place. They've knocked some out there. You're going to have mistakes. The team that makes the least mistakes wins the team or you know definitely wins and then on top of that 
the Phillies are playing smart baseball all postseason. And I think that's the difference I see between the regular season where it's like hit, 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 right? All postseason, every out, every inning has been measured right down to like that eighth inning comeback with Bryce, Kyle getting on base. Just the idea that they knew that that was the opportunity, right? If they didn't make that, it wasn't going to happen at the bottom of the night, or less likely, I should say, right? We were at the top of the order. That's where it happens for us. Bryce is batting cleanup. I'm a believer. Game five, we're clinching in Philly. It's Keith, I love it, man. That would be an awesome atmosphere here. And Keith, so what game are you going to be at? I'm going to be at game five. Okay, so I'll be doing uh, leading off from the concourse there, right behind home plate. So when you're uh, when you're there, come on over and say hi, all right? I will. I'll step by. All right, Keith, you ready for, a little, you ready for explicit history? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's give Keith the highlight here. Right, that's going to be a base hit headed for the corner. Marsh is in the score. Around first, he's headed for second, and the Phillies strike first. What an at bat for! Who got that hit, Keith? Oh, down the left field line, right? Right field um, line, right field, right field line. Uh, was it Schwarber? It was not Keith. Uh, uh, good guess, though. That was actually a guy towards the bottom of the order. 215-592-9494. That's a hot order. we got a lot coming up on the show here. On the other side, we'll take all your phone calls. We'll get back to the Phillies calls on hope or belief, where you lie right now with this team as they head into the World Series. Do you hope they're going to win this thing, or do you actually believe they're going to knock off and beat the Houston Astros? I'm in the camp of hope. I think they can. I hope they will. I'm hoping. Tucker believes. A lot of you tonight believe. I'd say more people believe than don't believe than, than hope like I do. 215-592-9494. On the other side, your phone calls. We'll play some explicit history. We got to play for you. Jalen Hurts, a kid that is, I mean, not a kid anymore, but he grew up as a kid in Houston. That's his hometown. He knew the question was coming today. Which side is he on? The Phillies or the Astros? Let you hear what Hurts had to say. And joining us next, we'll talk to Trey Wingo on all things NFL. What does he think about the Robert Quinn trade? Who should the Eagles fear in the NFC? All coming up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.